0: These guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's flagrant howls.
1: All right. He's back. Kyle Tige after a long weekend of NBA in-season tournament action. Timberwolves were back in action last night. They drop a game to the New Orleans Pelicans. Would you fire Chris Finch today or would you wait for one more like back to back losses? How would you handle the situation?
2: I would have probably just not let him get on the plane last night uh, just to yeah. for for that type of performance uh, in December. It's just uncalled for. So I will say, I, I did look this up because I was going to send a tweet sometime today, maybe. But the Wolves haven't lost two straight regular season games since March. <laughs> like Wait, so in April,
1: yeah, because they got hot kind of at they the, got end, hot right? the end, right?
2: So I think the last time they lost two straight games was march 31st of 2023 so that was nine almost
1: almost nine months nine months
2: and again obviously there's the summer that's one of my favorite ways to look at stats is through my own prism and then change all the filters to make them work for me but yeah they haven't lost two games in a row since march 31st uh they got i was kind of looking for this i've been saying sicko mode is like let's see them get punched in the mouth let's see them not execute let's see a team circle them on their calendar and you mentioned the in-season tournament. The Pelicans were one of the final four. They got battered and bloodied by the Lakers by like thirty last Thursday, and yeah. spent four days hearing how fat Zion Williamson was. Literally, that was like. Stephen, the narrative.
1: Stephen A. Smith literally at some point went on ESPN, and, he, and I'm paraphrasing, but he goes, he goes, I've talked, I've talked to some of the restaurant owners and chefs in New Orleans. They love when Zion comes in because he'll eat the table. Yep. So he uh, he ate the
2: Wolves last night, but yeah, just kind of looking forward to this stuff. No ant last night. They get Jaden back. Jordan McLaughlin makes a a little appearance, but this is this is going to be part of that 16 game stretch, 11 on the road that you and I talked about last week. It's um the Wolves fought back last night, tried to claw back. One of and has nothing to do with the end result cuz I just think the Pelicans were a better team. Uh but the officiating again. If Chris Finch brings up officiating after the game in the way he does, it's like he'll interrupt it person asking him questions and the way he kind of looks down at the score sheet. I remember he did this in Portland once he, uh, he's trying to get his message out there, defend his teammates while being as subtle as possible to avoid any fine. I would imagine he maybe gets a fine here, but, uh, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a great night. I think the, what was a free throw it was 40 for the Pelicans, 40 to, to 19. 19.
1: Um, and it was twenty twenty eight 28, uh, in the second half or even like, was it, it was definitely like 28 to eight for a stretch to the end of the game, yeah. which is... Now, some of it is, like, the Wolves, you know, like, the Wolves get a little foul-happy sometimes. Like, Carl fouled out. That's not... It wasn't like, oh, my God, a unicorn. Carl had six fouls. Like, Carl fouls out of, like, half the games, it feels like. so, But it did feel like there was a a discrepancy, for sure. Zion was 13 for 17 from the field. If you go look up his shot chart,
2: it's 17 dots all in the paint. Like, every shot he took was within, like, six or seven feet. So part of that is just kind of forcing the officials to, to put you on the line. Um, he did take 12 free throws. But it was just, I don't know, it was that. That happened in the Lakers pe- or Lakers Pacers championship game of the in-season tournament. It, officiating in all sports right now, I don't know if it's because we're more online than ever before and we have all these different Twitter accounts and all these things, but it just feels like in football or b- basketball, the officiating has maybe never been worse. And I'm always pro, like, just kind of let them play. Like, pick up hoops. You can't call your own fouls, but let them play a little bit because when it gets so stagnant and there's so many whistles, I mean, hell, there were still 59 free throws last night. I never want to watch that, even if the Wolves shot 40 first. I don't want to watch trips to the free throw line and just this start, stop, start, stop. I want to watch flow. I want to watch, you know, three, four-minute increments of basketball. So not a great game. Uh, The Pelicans did what they are supposed to do, went at home. They'd been made fun of for, like I said, four or five days. And now the Wolves... Kind of on their heels a little bit, get to see what what
1: they can do on. I think it's Thursday against the Mavericks. So, yeah, I actually, you know, I'm gonna knock on wood because I'm probably gonna jinx them as I knock. My dog here is <laughs> going crazy downstairs. It's my fault. Maya Mackie. um I actually kind of I, I want to see Wolves versus Mavericks because I feel like now if Anthony Edwards is out, it's there's always going to be an asterisk because he is the heart of your offense. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. and and perimeter defense, but. I do think a fully stocked Wolves team matches up really well with a fully stocked Mavs team. And we saw at the end, because they get the Mavs like three times in the next month and a half or something. Jeez. <laughs> Maya. We have a it's new down a Um I think we saw toward the end of, I think it was their last matchup against each other, when Kyrie and, and Luca were trying the, the two-man game to get the game-winning shot off. And yeah. Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels cracked their knuckles before the inbound and said, No one's getting a shot off on this possession. So I'm curious to see that fully stocked matchup, if everyone's healthy, run back again. But yeah, like you mentioned it with the schedule, this is the first of 16 testy games. Mm -hmm. And I'm not making excuses for last night. The fouls were what they were. Some of it was probably, you know, officials being whistle happy. Some of it was the Wolves being too handsy and just not playing very well. But if you would have told me, okay, so Anthony Edwards is going to be out. The Pelicans are going to be sitting on this feeling for five days. They're going to have Zion Williamson listening to all of this criticism and playing and healthy in this game. Who's likely to win in mm-hmm. New Orleans? I think I think the result, how how it got there, was a little bit weird in some ways, but I think the result makes some sense. Pelicans beat the Wolves. I still stand by if they can go eight and eight during this 16-game, they're 0-1. If they can go eight and eight during the 16-game stretch, it's a huge win. And they're probably still going to be in first place in the Western Conference. How crazy is that, too, to you, you do what you've been doing all season, right? This is
2: the f- funnest season that they've had in 35 years. And you tune in and you watch the Minnesota Timberwolves kind of just get beaten up, thrown around, bad whistle, outplayed. They lose a game. I've woken up so many mornings after that where I'm like, it feels like I'm hung over and like, oh, my God, are they in 13th place or 14th place? It's like, nope, they're still in first place. And in they the still league. have a cushion.
1: <laughs> like they could have yeah, are they're, they're half Thursday game and, up on
2: Boston right now and still have a cushion. So there's still two up, I believe, uh, as we do this on Tuesday of the Denver Nuggets or maybe it's the Thunder. But they're two up in the West. Uh, they have a little cushion. I'm with you. They just got to survive the 16 well now 15 games left, 10 on the road. But it's also, too, we saw some of this stuff last night that were I don't want to call meat on the bone because that's a whole nother topic. But like acclimating Jade McDaniels back in surprise, surprise. Not very good at basketball the first time he was back. Rusty yep. had a minutes restriction, didn't even start. So even when they do that with Ant, whether or not he plays on Thursday against the Mavs or they wait until the weekend, just trying to get these guys, the starters, the the foundational pieces back into the lineup. Troy Brown Jr. You're gonna get less minutes, Nas, you're gonna get less minutes. It's just it's going to be it's the reason why I was a little bit like, hey, Phil, maybe we should just not book hotel rooms yet for the finals. Let's see this team go through a little. We can do it still. Yeah. We have Marriott points, but let's see this team go through a little adversity, even if it's just man-made adversity, injuries, resting guys, whatever. Uh, last night, you know, adversity was their front line for the Pelicans, just thoroughly dominated. The Wolves front line, Rudy Gobert had eight and eight, was I think a worst, team worse, minus 20. Carl falls out, not a lot of rebounding, not a lot of spacing, um, and they don't really have, even though Shake Milton now has strung together two good games, they don't when ants out and carl it's just carl i mean carl was cooking i think early he had like 11 points yeah but they just need to find another guy who's consistent we've talked about they don't have a third score on the pecking order uh so much of that can be split around like we can all divide pieces of the pizza but at some point it's just like you got to be able to trust that one guy to come in and get you eight points in the second get you 10 points in the third and they don't have that right now or at least they haven't identified who that person is on the roster
1: and like and there are some guys that obviously are capable of okay tonight we need like 15 or 18 points from you nas mm-hmm. reed can do it led the team in shooting or in field goal attempts 15 a shot yeah in in the 20 and they are finding ways to get him the you know the 20 to 25 minutes that he deserves uh, i think jaden mcdaniel's even like i know he's not going to be averaging 18 points right now but it's, it's to me it's less about who can get you 15 or 12 It's and it's more about process yeah. That when Anthony when Anthony Edwards is out there, he's instant offense if needed. Hey, man, we're 0 for our last five possessions. We just need someone to pull up and hit a three and just get us back in this thing. Or Carl, we just need someone to like on a pick and roll or at the top of the key, just like knock down a three or dribble drive to the lane. They don't have, I mean, it sounds cliche, but they don't have a lot of shot creators necessarily and that can kind of just go and, and instant cook some offense. I've always said
2: that they don't have enough guards. But in obviously modern NBA, 2023 positions don't really exist. So you can be a shot creator from the wing or whatever or a big guy. But I still kind of lean in that. Like, Nikhil is a utility infielder or a t- utility baseball player or whatever. Like, he, he can do all these little things, but he's not going to be able to get you consistently 18 points in back-to-back games. Yeah. The He's standards. more
1: of a 3-and-D guy than like a yeah. like a shot-creating ball handler and, guy, right? And
2: Mike Conley is Minnesota Mike through and through, but there's going to be nights where he just doesn't have it or they're really kind of keying in on him on defense, making a move. And again, Shake was really good last night, but they're just as we – and maybe we can get into this today, but as we navigate these next couple weeks, we're past the in-season tournament. The Lakers are going to hang a weirdly colored banner. They were going to do the Christmas Day games, which, again, it's a felony that the Wolves don't have a game that day. But as soon as we wake up right after New Year's and we're all hung over, it's going to start to be awards season, All-NBA, All-Star, all that stuff. And it's going to be interesting to just see – and then the trade deadline, right? So it's going to be interesting to see how this team is perceived on a national level. But also as we start to get into what does this team need to do if they're really contenders and they really survive this gauntlet, What's a, they're going to be buyers, right? They're, every year, the Wolves sell all their best players and get picks. This year, they're going to be moving yeah. picks and young players to try to get better. So um, – I don't know. Is it Malik Beasley? Is it someone that you can bring back that can wow. just give you a little microwave don't offense? They,
1: don't they already have? Uh, I mean, I feel like Troy Brown Jr. is basically Malik Beasley, isn't he?
2: Yeah, maybe. And maybe it's just realigning those those roles, right? Like maybe it's oh, one maybe of Jayden you. Maybe you put them both in the game
1: at the same time. Two it Malik would, Beasley's. The,
2: the, the Carl being deemed the best shooting big of all time, and then obviously Ant has made this team feel like they have more shooting, but I don't think there's a statistic. I mean, I was looking up this morning. They're still first in the league in defensive rating at 106.8, but in offensive rating, they're 19th. Yeah. Um, so their net rating is, I think, like fourth in the fourth in the league. That's just because their defense is so good, but 19th offensive rating. And yes, it's been mix and match rotations, and they've started all these different guys. And they've had to rely on Akeel and stuff, but. They need to get their guys back, and then that needs to be the thing that they kind of figure out between. I don't know. Let's say the next six weeks or so is like, can we be a top ten offense? Because I said this last week about like Trent Dilfer. Like they don't want to be the the Ravens, right? Where you play really good defense and then just like try to outscore your opponents ten to seven. Like you really need to be able to put up points against some of
1: the best teams in the league, and it's just been a struggle. And last night again, yeah. it was a struggle to score. And to your like to your point about. Yeah, I think you said microwave offense. I, I think we should go with that. Who's the who's the microwave? They used to have Jamal Crawford and Derrick Rose coming off the bench for, you know, previous iterations yeah. of recent Wolfstein. It's like those guys even at the the advanced ages that they were, those are kind of microwave offense guys, right? They could come in, they weren't going to average 25 points, but but they could come in on a given night and, oh man, like Derrick Rose is going to be the one that gets you 50 in one of the games, right? Yep. You know, who if you look at if we're if, if the bar for the Timberwolves is can like contender uh, to the point where they can get to the conference finals, it does feel like most teams that would be championship or like conference finals contenders over the years have at least a guy off the bench, a guard or a wing player mm-hmm. specifically, that can microwave offense 23 points on a night as needed, right? And I think not, Nas Reed, who's not a guard, obviously is the closest thing they have to that. I wonder at some point, and he wouldn't be coming off the bench. He did last night, but is it time to unleash Jaden McDaniel's offensive repertoire a little bit more? Like, we've seen it in spurts. That dude has more in his arsenal. He's worked on his, his mid-range game. We know he can shoot threes at a high clip. I just wonder at some point, especially with the money you're paying him, like you're obviously paying for him to be defensive stopper guy first, mm-hmm. but along with that contract, I think has to come a big step forward offensively. And I think he's capable. So I just, I just wonder, can he be your third guy in terms of offensive creation at some point this season, or is that asking too much?
2: I think he's only, I think he played 12 games. Last night was like his 12th game or something. He did take 12 shots, which is the second most shot attempts he's had all season. So yeah. he came out firing. Uh, I just really wasn't connecting early on, but I'm sure if I was listening to myself here on this podcast, like there's a chance, too, that for every time the Wolves beat an opponent and that opponent is missing a star player, we are forced to bring that up by cynics and people are like, oh, you know, they beat so-and-so, but they didn't have that. The Wolves lost last day without Anthony Edwards. So Anthony Edwards alone might just, you know, I'm a big believer that Ant or Carl should basically be on the floor for all 48 minutes because then you have an elite scorer out there, and that might just be the key to all this is that if Ant's hip is okay, and I don't think there's any issue whatsoever in terms of like him trying to play, him not play. I don't think that's going to affect. He can't get more hurt, is what I've been told. So he just, okay. can he tough it out, whatever? I Chris Hine yesterday brought up a really good point of that this is a big year for Ant in terms of All-NBA. Potentially, he's got 50-some million riding on that. He probably wants to try to gut it out every night that he can because there's a minimum threshold for you to to qualify for those awards now. And he is a gamer. But as we talked about last week, you also gotta get out in front of it sometimes and be like, hey, you at 40% might hurt us more than it helps us. Yeah. So, yeah, but once they get all these guys back, I think Ant, you know, you start your your big five, but if Ant comes out, Carl stays out there, and if for some reason there's foul trouble and you gotta pull him out, then yeah, lean into Jaden a little bit. Nas Reed too, I don't think Nas can be like the pseudo six-man microwave scorer, but they have options, they just need to, this is that experiment point, right? Like, there's no Ant last night, there might not be Ant on Thursday. Who can score 20 points? Like who can yep. get us who can get us to kind of stay afloat until our defense can close it out in the fourth? Uh, and last night, credit to Nas, but no one really stepped up and, and took that took that mantle.
1: But you know what's interesting though? Like Shake Milton had maybe his second or third best game of the season as a Timberwolf last night, which is not the highest bar because <laughs> he's not right. off to a great start. But he was brought in here as a combo guard who could come in, kind of back up Mike Conley. And then maybe provide some scoring punch as needed, right? And if you're, I don't know how much the audience is sitting there watching like the Philadelphia 76ers last season on league pass or, you know, Mm -hmm. when they're on national TV. But when Shake Milton was given a chance to play significant minutes because of injury or whatever, hey, Shake, you're going to be in the starting lineup, go do some Shake things he had games last year with Philadelphia and he and he was kind of an energy guy. He's a guy yep. that could, he, a lot of his points came, you know, in the trees, inside the paint, close mm-hmm. to the rim. And, and he can shoot some threes too. Dude, he had games last year with the 76ers. 29.7 assists, five rebounds. 27.6 rebounds. 24, 10 assists, nine rebounds, five made threes. Um. So he, he had several games of, 20 points, 21, 22, 27, 29 when he was given in situations of need. Mm -hmm. Hey, 30 minutes tonight, 31 minutes tonight, whatever it is. Um, So I just there's more there with Shake Milton. It has not been unlocked with this current group yet. And there is something to be said, too, for he's coming in here. It's the first time he's played with any of these guys. Uh, You know, he was with those Philadelphia, not all of them, because it changed over. But five years in Philadelphia playing with Embiid. I mean playing with some of those yeah. other guys on the team. So I I don't know. I'm I'm not trying to crown shake Milton a 20 points per game guy off the bench by any means, but I just feel like there's definitely more there. On a night like last night, he did some of it and that's great. But they I think they almost need him to to be that third option much more than he has been and I think he's capable of it.
2: Yeah, and if I remember right when when Shake would have some of those big performances, I, I don't have it up right now, but it seemed like he was also in basically like subbing for James Harden on a night that Harden was either out due to injury mm-hmm. or, or rest or whatever so they kind of just gave him the keys in Philly yeah, as like you do just thing. get to be James <laughs> you just get to dominate the ball that's clearly not what Finch I mean Finch doesn't even really let Ant do that so he's definitely not going to let Shake but i've seen you know shakes had a couple good games uh they win one they lose one but i've seen people be like it's so they're ready to take him out of the rotation for good and stuff and i'm i'm just not because again It was fun to be first in the West. They are still first in the West. They might drop out of first in the West, but this is a very long marathon, not just a December sprint. And you need to continue, and I think Finch will do this, you need to continue to tweak and see what you got because if Shake Milton, you give him more opportunities and he doesn't deliver, then that is clearly one of the salaries you use to upgrade uh, at the February trade deadline. So that was interesting. The only other kind of thing I had written down here was that, and I think the Pelicans are known for this, but this is going to be... As you start to think, okay, the Wolves are 17-5, and they're on everyone's radar now when they come to town. The Pelicans were really physical last night. They have a physical front line with obviously Zion, Valanciunas, but also I think they put Herb Jones, who is basically the Pelicans version of Jaden McDaniels. They just put Herb Jones on Carl for a lot of the time, uh, and it really messed with Carl, so... As teams start to see, like, how do we how do we mess with Minnesota? How do we kind of get in their brains a little bit? I think being physical with them.
1: Smaller defender on Cat. Yep. They ran doubles at him all night too.
2: Yep, draw some offensive fouls, get, you know, get that stray vultures cooking again. Uh, Again, I understand 20 minutes of talking about the game and what's just sum it all up. There was no ant and this team. As much as I have said, and I believe it, that Rudy Gobert is their MVP so far when he was bad last night, too. They need to be at full strength to be a contender. They're not at full strength right now. Um, But while they're not at full strength, that's an opportunity for guys to step up. No one really stepped up last night, but Mm -hmm. a much easier opponent in my mind on Thursday, you just got to shut down Luka. I mean, Kyrie might play, but you just got to shut down Luka or try to slow him down, force the other guys to beat you. But the Wolves will have a talent advantage for sure on
1: Thursday, and maybe they can avoid uh, their first losing streak of the season. Can we, let's let's talk Carl for just a moment here. And I'm going to, I'm gonna poke a little here. Last night, he got off to a hot start. Um, got into some foul trouble. Got flustered by some double teams, and it, it, he wasn't terrible, but just he wasn't like on his A game. And I think what the Pelicans did to him defensively, and you mentioned like put the put the six foot seven, six foot eight, mm-hmm. like smaller small forward on him, fluster him, run doubles at him. Couple things. Number one, observation. Number two, a question. Actually, two observations and then a question. Observation number 1. He is still one of the most foul happy players in the NBA. And Dane put this tweet out a couple days ago and I agree that you know we're sitting here in year 9 for Carl, and his fouls per 36, his fouls per game have only gone up in mm-hmm. those 9 years. I mean he's he's actually a little under where he was at last year, but he uh, he has committed the fourth most personal fouls in the league in total and he's I think fifth in fouls per game as a 28-year-old, as a and as Dane said on Twitter, this gap still remains between what Carl thinks is a foul and what officials actually consider a foul, or he's just unable to, like, control his body in certain situations. That's observation one is that problem has not gone away. Uh, observation number two, and last night, man, there was a couple like, all right, they're going to run a double at him, and then he kind of panics and, like, throws the ball out of bounds or doesn't, like, survey the, the options in the half court enough nine years in the NBA they've been running doubles at that dude for almost all nine years and I'm a little surprised that he hasn't gotten more comfortable or even like welcomed it and I don't want to compare him directly to Kevin Garnett but Kevin Garnett was and Tim Duncan but KG specifically was maybe the best power forward big man out of double teams I can remember in terms of hey let's throw it into the post I'm gonna hold the ball here for 10 seconds and welcome the double and then find the open guy right like Carl seems uncomfortable still getting double teamed and then third he is averaging the fewest three-point attempts per game since since his fourth year in the league you got to go back five years to find a season in which he attempted fewer three-pointers he's a a full shot per game in three-point shots less than he was last year um it's a shot and a half compared to four years ago at one point, he averaged eight threes a game back in 2019-20. Different offensive system. But I feel like he should just take a few more three. Like last night, Ant's out. I know they're running doubles at you, but is there a way offensively for him to take more than three three-pointers in that game last night? Probably more of a schematic question than a Carl criticism there. But just some things I'm watching on the, on the cat front. Yeah, the one...
2: I'll just say it again. I just don't think this team has enough shooting. So when they double Carl... Just look at the guys who played last night north of three minutes, right? Like there are times where he's out there and he's getting doubled and it's like Nikhil Alexander Walker, Kyle Anderson, Rudy Gobert, and Shake Milton. Almost none of those guys are great shooters. So, you know, just getting Ant out there, getting Jaden off this minutes restriction. I'm with you. I will say, because I, I thought it too. I thought there was multiple times last night where the Wolves were kind of sloppy with the ball. He only had one turnover, but just from a straight, let's keep it real simple, look at his line in the box score. He was the only one to play north of 30 minutes on the team, and he followed out. So in those 33 minutes, to only take three threes, uh, that just has to be a weapon. I mean, not even the three threes, Phil. It's like, how do you only muster up 11 shots? That's one of those games where I know that if Carl was out, and again, I'm still very much like, let's not get weird here. Carl Anthony Towns has to be on this roster this year for this team to be at their highest ceiling. But if Carl was out last night, I would imagine Ant would have taken 28 shots just because he's like, I am the best offensive player. I don't know if Carl and Finchie has kind of mentioned this in the past, but that he's such a people pleaser, or that he just wants to make this work and wants to believe in the flow and stuff that he doesn't want to just start jacking shots. But last night would have been a great night. That yeah. this is really matches up well for you. Just jack shots if well, they're going to put a short gun, on you, let it let it fly uh, and just shoot over the six seven six eight Herb Jones.
1: Yeah, and and I don't you don't need to now if if his percentage starts dipping, okay. Like if all of a sudden now he's shooting. <laughs> He's shooting 12, 13, and he's shooting 33%. Okay, there's a trade-off somewhere. But he's on the season, not just last night, but just on the season, he's tied for 80th or 77th. He's tied for 77th in three-point attempts per game. I'm not saying you got to be Steph Curry, you know, as a guard handling the ball, weaving in and out, shooting 12 a game. But let's go from 77th up to the top 50 in terms of attempts. Like another one or two attempts per game. I don't think it hurts the team. When, when one of the the best shooting big men in the history of the NBA uh, shoots more than four a game. So. I was trying
2: to see. I don't even think, like, in terms of three-pointer attempted. I was trying to find this set. He's not even, I don't know, tops on the, his own team. You know what I mean? Like, he just needs yeah. to let it fly more. Uh, it's one game. We've talked way too much about it. Let's see how <laughs> they respond. They're going to... This is kind of my thing, too, when they lose. I saw someone tweet at me last night, like, oh, here we go again. It's like I predicted them to win, like, 49 games, which means they're going to lose, like, 30-some losses, and that was one of them. Um, But they didn't get completely run out of the building. I know it got a little weird at the end, but I think they were within four in the fourth, and then there was a timeout, and then the Pelicans went on a run. So this is going to happen. Teams are going to try hard against Minnesota, which is not something we're used to. The Pelicans were motivated, and they just outplayed them in all facets. And now, let's see on Thursday. Again, there's no one on the Dallas Mavericks, even if Ant plays Phil, there's no one on the Dallas Mavericks that can guard Conley Towns. They have some younger rookies and stuff, but no one that has the size and the speed to keep up with them up there. So let it fly. Shoot eight, nine threes a game. I think they're like five and one in games that Carl takes over eight threes this season. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let, it, let it fly get those shots that opens things up for everyone else on the team and then just get healthy because this thing needs to, we haven't really seen it, right? jaden has been out for half the season. I'd like to see what a full starting lineup is. Hopefully Jaden starts on Thursday, get guys back into kind of their hierarchy,
1: their positions and uh, let's see what happens. Uh, Here's your Timberwolves stat porn, at least for me, for the day here. if, If you have some, too, feel free to throw it out there. Okay, He was not great last night, Rudy Gobert. But so far on the season, win shares, just total win shares. Rudy Gobert, ninth in the NBA in total win shares, thanks largely to him leading the NBA in defensive win shares, which he does. He ranks ninth behind only Nikola Jokic, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton. Those are all, to me, MVP candidates right there. Anthony Davis, Giannis, Tyrese Maxey, who's stepping up to a new level this season, and Luca. Then it goes Rudy Gobert at nine. LeBron James, DeMontis Sabonis, Kawhi Conley is 13th in total win shares. Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum. So I don't know how many Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers I just listed there, including Rudy Gobert potentially.
2: Oh, I think Rudy Gobert is. I we've had this debate before, and I saw some of the comments and just made me chuckle. Like Rudy Gobert is so a lock for the Hall of Fame. So like, if you go debate your father or something, come out like there's some, there's guys that are going to make it that have never won anything really. And mm-hmm. I know Rudy hasn't won a title, but you win three Defensive Player of the Years, probably a fourth one this year if he stays healthy. He's going to make it, but. Yeah, that's another reason why, I mean, he's top 10 in win shares. It's like that makes you an MVP candidate in and of itself. So you're definitely the MVP candidate of your own team right now. Uh, but, you know, a spade, a spade. He was bad last night. He got a tough whistle probably more than anyone. But that he had two fouls in like the first four or five minutes. And that's another thing, too. I know you and I were going to be like, okay, is this? does this team need to worry when Ant's out? I think this team needs to worry when Rudy's out because they're just a completely different yes. monster defensively. And they need to do everything they can to protect him. He needs to be smarter too. We're, we always get on everyone else. Like, Rudy just needs to find ways where it's like, I'm just maybe not going to contest that shot. It's just, even if I give up a bucket, it's just better and more valuable for me to play a couple extra minutes than to try to get that block or get that rebound or set that screen. He has to be out there because without him, without Ant, you can kind of hodgepodge it with Troy and Shake and maybe Mike takes a couple threes and Carl jacks it up. Without Rudy, That's another thing for like the playoffs. If Rudy gets in foul trouble, who do you rely on? Do you just go to Carl at the five and just
1: hope? I mean, the reason Rudy's here is because Carl at the five didn't really work. So you kind of then you almost turn into a a team that you play a little smaller and you have to flip your mindset to outscoring the opponent. Right? That's tough.
2: That's tough to just be like, you know, like we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna be this defensive minded team. The big French guy subbed out. Now we just have to instantly become this offensive minded team. (laughs) It's it's a different transition to making a game that is so fast and moving
1: up and down. Where do you stand on the word valuable when it it comes to most valuable player? Because I don't think there's any disputing that like. Jokic is the best player in the NBA, and most often I feel like if you're the best player, then you're also the most valuable player because you're just like you, you take up the most space in terms Mm -hmm. of like credit for wins. And so therefore Mm -hmm. that's why when Mike Trout on the baseball side was putting up like 10 wins above replacement seasons on these bad, he's still the most valuable player. Okay. They're not a 100 win team, but like they'd be a 40 win team if he wasn't on the team. Right. So, but if you, if you just, if you look at it logically with Rudy, I'm not saying he's the best player in the league. Give me Jokic. Give me, there's clearly some offensive players that also have Mm -hmm. some defensive game, but if you break it down and say, okay, the Timberwolves have the best record in the NBA. The reason why they have the best record in the NBA largely is because they are the best defensive team in the NBA. That's the Mm -hmm. main reason why they win games. And the main reason why they are the best defensive team in the NBA is because Rudy Gobert is the stopper that makes everything go. So therefore, he is the main reason. And to your point, too, not to discredit Anthony Edwards and everything he's doing, but I think taking Rudy off the team has a bigger impact than taking anybody else off the team in terms of wins and losses and style of play. So if you use that logic, he is the most important piece on the best team in the NBA through the first 20 games. Shouldn't that automatically put him in the conversation for most valuable to that team? Yeah, but he started COVID. Like that's. <laughs> I mean,
2: like there's just, there's so many things about him still that people don't like. And Rudy Gobert, the best way to put this in my mind is he shouldn't even be in the MVP conversation until he's like negative odds or like minus odds as like a favorite to win defensive player of the year. And I think he should win defensive player of the year. I think he should get like a vote in terms of MVP if we're doing it on December 12th. But uh, this is what I was trying to get back to earlier. And I'm trying to just, as the wolves are winning these games, like what am I going to talk about anymore? Like, am I just going to retire? I'm going to be super pissed off for like the next three months as we start to talk about awards and all these different things, because I have grown up watching my favorite team have a good player here and there. And that player consistently get shafted because the team never wins. Yeah. And I saw yesterday ESPN and Kevin Pelton did their way too early all-stars. And yesterday before the wolves lost to the Pelicans, they had a three game lead in the West. The wolves had one player and it was the last pick. And it was Anthony Edwards as the third wild card entry. And you see all these other people getting these coach of the year at the at the quarter mark, Dagnall and Mosley and Anthony Davis played, you know, healthy for two games in Vegas. and Now he's the defensive player of the year. I'm going to be pissed about it for the next three months. And I'm going to be ranting on here because the team is really good now. Like the Minnesota Timberwolves, if they can pull this off for the next three quarter you know, quarters of the season, they should win all the awards. That's how this works. If they finish first in the West, they should have the coach of the year. They should have a top five MVP candidate and they should have a defensive player of the year. Not because I'm a fan, not because I'm from there, because that's how this has historically worked. Good teams get all the players in the All-Star game. Good teams get all the All-NBA guys. The Minnesota Timberwolves are a great team through 22 games. They should get that acknowledgement. So I don't know if I answered your question about Rudy, but he still has to overcome this stigma in the league. And I think there are people that hated that he won a certain defensive player of the year award in the past or whatever. There's no doubt in my mind that he should be the deep, deep favorite to win it this year. Because again, he's the most valuable player on his own team and in the league. And his defensive stats, if we get into it more, like the next pod, he's just doing a bunch of stuff that's crazy. Like it's crazy how good he's playing at this age. And going back to like the Neverminds, it's not even there's stuff that you can't even track. That's like he's people aren't even trying to shoot against him anymore.
1: There's one on the on the on the Bally's broadcast that Grady and Jim Pete brought up. It was like three games ago, and it showed when Rudy is the nearest defender within yeah, like whatever yeah. how many feet in the painted area uh, that in his I think in his career he'd been given up like you know fifty five percent which is still amazing if you're if you're holding opponents like close to the rim to a fifty five percent shooting percentage that's incredible and it was like forty percent this year. So so think about that. Like guys that go into the paint like you shoot 40% from 3. That's like a 40% from from inside the paint when they challenge Rudy. Um, hey, we got to uh, Kyle's question of the week here. We won't forget about that like we did last week. So we're going to get to <laughs> Kyle's question of the week after we shout out a couple of friends here, Zero res. So be honest, folks, your carpets are probably disgusting right now. Maybe a little bit of a musty smell uh maybe uh maybe when the wolves were at the top of the standings you uh popped a little bit of celebratory champagne (laughs) and got that in your carpet uh if your home needs a deep cleaning for those holiday gatherings zero res is here to help you 4.9 out of 5 rating on google with seventeen thousand reviews so that's as good as you can get when it comes to peer reviewing three rooms zero resified starting at just 129 dollars when you ask for the score north special that's three rooms zero resified starting at just 129 dollars it's nine five two zero res or zero res dot com nine five two zero res or zero res dot com. make sure you ask for the score North special. Um Kyle's question of the week here to wrap this episode, sir. We've got some good question. ones. i i
2: I'm still getting shrapnel and random strays in my mentions about the whole backing into parking spots thing. Uh, yeah. so I appreciate that there. This is the most joyful.
1: Dude. And I thought of, of you listeners. yesterday and Ross, like <laughs> I was, where was I? I was in some, I think it was a parking ramp. I'm trying to remember the context, but Oh, it was uh it was, it was a gro- There was like a grocery store parking structure and this person was trying to, they were trying to like not only back into like a row of parking spots, They were trying to back into the row and then back into a specific spot, holding up three people from three different directions from proceeding where they wanted to go. I just feel like the sociopathic nature of 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 back in parking needs to be examined. Here's Ross to jump in. Ross is like it's like the bat signal for Ross here to defend the honor of. Did you at (laughs) least get a courtesy wave? Did no they give you a courtesy wave. Sociopathic after... behavior dude. Okay,
2: no so so courtesy wave. Give now me that on I'm courtesy out. waves because I drive a Jeep and I'm always waving other Jeeps, and if I don't get a wave back, I'm always mad. But Ross, if if we just need to use more
0: hand signals when we're driving. Oh, I'll not. give you one. Yeah. yeah, I'll give you one <laughs> if you try to back in. I set myself I was, up for that. I was just thinking of one I could give both of you right now. <laughs> All right, back to this regularly scheduled flagrant how. I, I'll keep it simple. I mean, I know the holidays are coming
2: up and I got my parents coming out and, you know, it's last minute shopping. However you celebrate the holidays, whatever holiday you celebrate. But I'm just curious to you and maybe Ross wants to hop back on because uh, it's been coming up in my life. Can you think of a specific, let's call it a Christmas gift, like the worst Christmas gift you've ever received? Oh, wow. The, do you have an answer? Uh, I have multiple. I think I got a, I think I got a knife set for like your kitchen when I was nine. Uh, oh, when you're nine, I was a uh, that's I, the serial killer rent. starter kit. Yeah, dude. yeah. But I also my grandparents uh, who are still around and I, I love them, but they would every year give us a hundred dollar bill, like fresh from the mouth of the bank. But they would always put them in these puzzles, like these wood or these intricate puzzles that you had yeah. to like figure out you how to open. Work and you gotta it. slide them. It's like Ocean's Eleven, basically. And one year they gave it to me, and it was literally broken. And I had to. We had to take a sledgehammer to this little wood box that had my name on it to get the hundred dollar bill. But I was like, I don't want to. This is another topic for another day. But like food, I don't eat crab because I don't want to work for it. Like I paid for it. Oh, and I'm in front of me. I just want to eat it. I don't want. to Unless it's in a
1: California roll, I ain't. You know, I ain't going to work for it. Yeah, I'm not going to work for my Christmas gift. Like you're
2: going to give it to me. I might open up one bag and it's there. I'm not going to have to like solve Wordle for the day
0: to try to get my money. Yeah, savings savings bonds. Oh, you ever good get any answer. of those? Good answer, bless, man. Bless my grandmother's heart, but when you get something that says $50, and you're younger, so you're probably yep. seven, oh. eight, nine, ten, 10, and you're told, actually, no, it's not $50, but it will be in 7 to 10 years.
2: Yeah, when it matures. <laughs> it's like, Grandma, I'm not mature, and I'd like to drink. I might be 14, <laughs> but like, let's... Ross, I don't even know if Phil should answer. That's the best answer ever because I, I don't know if I year. can't
1: think of an ant. I'm trying to think of bat like my mom and my late parents were always either really good about getting the things that I wanted or they would just like, here's cash or a gift card to a place I know that you would like. They didn't they didn't take shot. No, I had a I had a step grandma on my mom's side and she she passed away. My loving step grandmother Bev, but she would get people gold items and it didn't matter if you were a kid oh, or yeah. like an adult, she'd get like my mom would get like a gold apron or like I would get some sort of like gold, you know, Christmas tree ornament. She was very big into giving people gold things. So that was that's probably just like getting a barrage of gold things for about 10 years there was. Probably- and
0: to be clear, not even things like made out of gold or actual gold. No, just like the just color. the color
2: gold. Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. Maybe yeah. next week I'll ask you. I will say we were cleaning out the closet. We got a a bidet last year oh, from a family member. Oh. That was a very. Uh, Did you install it? Yeah. You want oh, Declan? I, you how know how I, Declan I, has a bidet. You want to talk about dirty carpets? Uh, that thing has been a game changer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the bidet was the high end of it. And then Ross, to your point, these savings bonds that I'm never. I don't even know where they are. I don't. I don't know.
0: I'm, I have to wait. I have to live to I, 65 years old to get them. Fifty dollars. It's gonna be worth full two disclosure. Cents. On mine, Kyle, I think I punted about halfway through the maturity and went and cashed them out. And yeah, then of give course, like seven bucks. Yeah, and then the bank teller looks at you with just the most disdain. Are you sure you want to cash this out for $23 and 47 cents? Yes, I need Bush Light. Give it to me now.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's when not even worth th- going to the bank for that. Don't didn't they say like for Bill Gates, it's not even worth bending over to like pick up a $20 bill, that it's literally a waste of his time and his net worth. If he bends over and picks up a twenty dollar bill, I kind of feel like Wendell Moore might be a savings bond for this
2: team. That I have to wait for him to mature, but uh, yeah. I just want to cash him out and just see if he can
1: shoot a jump shot. But yeah. there's nice.
0: nothing I can add to that. That's that's, that's, how, we we like. that's how we bring it full circle. That's what we like subscribe, to call a like on. and
1: review. <laughs> yeah, please click the subscribe button and the like button on the Score North YouTube channel, and also a five star rating and a positive review. Uh, You saw over the weekend that Flagrant Howls hit top 30 among national NBA or basketball podcasts. So it's really never stopped being cool. That is so just look at who is
2: at 29th and 31st. And then to see our little show, uh, I cannot express enough
1: how much I appreciate the people that support us. So thank you. Everything Kyle touches uh, much to the, I would say, delight of my late grandmother, step grandma Beverly turns (laughs) turns to gold. He also has the Dane Moore NBA podcast up in the top. Twenty five to twenty regularly too. So hey, you want to launch any more basketball podcasts? They're going to instantly be top thirty on Apple. So I'm going to try to I just wanted, check. I'm going to do a. I'm going to pitch to Michael Grady just a podcast
2: where he just tells me stories. Like he just tells me <laughs> funny things he's done in his life and makes up new nicknames because he. Uh, he as this Wolves team has been good. The 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 announcing crew with him and Jim Pete has been historically good. So yeah, shout out to those the guys. Friend.
1: Love those guys. Anytime we can shout them out. After they shouted us out, too, on the broadcast. It's mutual love. So that's Kyle. I'm Phil. Thanks to Ross for pushing the buttons here. And uh, we'll see you next time on Flagrant Howls, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast.